thanks for tuning in to season two of 90,000 Hours. I'm your host and producer, Robin Landy. This episode features Charlotte, North Carolina-based aerialist and circus performer, Nicole Sparks. To learn more about Nicole, visit OwlArt88 on Instagram or NouveauSue.org. Follow along with the show on Instagram at 90000HRSPod. You can also visit the links in the episode description if you'd like to become a financial supporter of the show. Thanks to Identical Homes and Eric Kuhn for the use of their music in this episode, and thank you for listening. I was a very, very hyper kid. I grew up very religious, religious as far as Jehovah's Witnesses. Very strict household, but um, of course my parents loved me. They, they did all that they could for me. And I just was very just hyper. I, had, um, I have ADHD, so that's something that you know was a part of me and still is a part of me now. I've always had a lot of energy to just go and do. Based off of like how I grew up um, with my background, I, I won't say not a lot of focus on like education, but it was just kind of like we focused on helping people learn the Bible. So it was not necessarily pushed to go to the traditional college and to get that education, things like that. It was more like a biblical education, if anything. I did more of like, I worked in nursing, uh, did CNA work and things like that, that were just kind of like things to kind of survive. but. I've always wanted to be athletic and I did a lot of like activities like that. So I was always wanting to do something athletic wise, but I just didn't know what. And I loved the circus. I loved watching, you know, all kinds of styles of circus, but I didn't realize that there were, you know, of course there were different variations of circus. And of course, as years pass, it's changed. Circus is not necessarily, you know, what you see with the Ringling Brothers, and there's really not a lot of that type of circus anymore. And it's changed more of a physical circus for us. It's more bodies than, you know, using animals or anything like that. So I love the physical aspect of it. Coming from a side of working in, you know, healthcare and being in that field, I think it got to a point where I, I came to circus later in life, like probably around about 25, 26. I'm 32 now, so I, I got into it pretty late. But it was something that was a challenge. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love the physicality of it. I love the challenge of it. I liked how it made my body look. Um, the change from being not as confident in like my abilities or my skills or any kind of like physical confidence to like saying, oh, I could do that. I could try that. I could be on this apparatus or that apparatus and like totally just transform. It does not matter your size because I started at 200 pounds. For me, I'm like, you can't let that be what stops you. If you love it, I know plenty of people shape sizes that are doing it and are doing great things with it. I guess running away with the circus in my head is an escape, but it's like, um, for me, I feel like once I've tried everything and once I've done all the things that I felt like I should be doing to make a living or make, you know, to survive and pay my bills and things like that, what do I want to be doing? And this is when I tried, you know, just trying a little class for my birthday and then 
saying, okay, I want to like go to the next level and, you know, maybe go hardcore and do a couple of more classes a week. And then I went for a whole year where I said, okay, I'm going to do a, to do an unlimited pass, train however many classes a week and just dedicate myself. I did that for a year. And then I got to a point where I couldn't afford it anymore, <laughs> but I never gave up. I was just like, I have to keep doing this. I have to like have a drive to just want to do it. I did my first performance and the joy and the excitement of just like putting together a piece and like the creative process of that just kind of sparked something in me that I didn't realize was there. All of a sudden I was like working at a full-time job in my other muggle life of healthcare to like trying a class, saying I love this, and then just saying, okay, I want to do this full time. I, I don't want to do anything else. I, I don't want to focus on anything else. All of that has accumulated into this moment or this these moments of being able to like do what I do as a professional now. Well, the Aerial Hoop is, um, there's different names for it. You'll hear Lyra, you'll hear Aerial Hoop, but there's different variations of it. It's a hard apparatus. And when I say a hard apparatus, it's, it's hard. And it's one of those ones that you, you kind of question sometimes why you do it, but then you look at the inequality and you're like, okay, this is why I do it. It's a, you know, of course a circle and you can do a lot with it. You can spin, you can use it with just statically where there's, um, there's dynamic tricks that you can kind of, you drops and flips out of and things like that. It started off as more of a contortionist like apparatus in the circus. Um, so when you see certain circus Soleil and things like that, you'll see a lot more bendy contortion like artists on it. It has kind of transformed or changed, or you can say there's different variations of how it's used now. You'll have flow artists that are very much like they'll spin and they'll do very pretty shapes on it, but they're not doing anything dynamic like that. Or you'll have somebody that's like, I don't spin on Lyra. I, I just really do some really awesome dynamic drops and like really crazy tricks around it. So it's a lot that can be done with Lyra. And that's something that I appreciate about it. I started with silks. That's the crazy thing. I always tell people I started with aerial silks for a whole year before I even moved to Lyra. And I don't know what it was for it, but like the first time I tried it, I was like, I can pretty much mess around on this thing and find a shape. I mean, it won't look that great when I first do it, but I'll find something. And I think with silks for me at the time, I was like, silks is so hard. You have to climb, you got to wrap, you got to think about all these, you got to think about too much to get to the final product. So I still train silks. That's what kind of helped me continue to, um, to grow as in Lyra. But freestyling or anything outside of like any kind of training session, I'm sticking with Lyra. I'll get my own apparatus. I'll start doing like little things here and there, little parties, little events and stuff like that. And that was just kind of like the mindset of once I got into Lyra because it was like, I can do this. I am part of a company. I perform with a local circus troupe here in Charlotte called Nouveau Suit. And um, we are an urban circus. There's a lot of performers with mixed backgrounds. There's some that have like a vast background in theater or dance or, or there's some that don't have any background at all, like myself. So it's nice to work along other artists that have just have the passion to do it. 
I train with them three days a week. Right now we're in like intensive training because we're ramping up for our show. Um, it's called La Bestia and it's about this struggle or the immigrant struggle from South America to America. One of those risk-taking journeys, which some people take it because, you know, they're running away from something that's much worse. So, you know, we're telling that story, but in a contemporary circus style. So we're using our craft and, you know, aerial and hand balancing acrobatics and things like that to tell that story. Our day-to-day is just going in and working on our skills and just being there for each other and being accountable for each other and saying, hey, you know, we got a show to do. You know, it's just a support system. And that's what I've been appreciating about our troop as of late. It's been a good journey with them. I actually just joined them last last June. So it's just hit a year of me being as a full-time troop member. It was a dream country for me because, like I said, not having much background, not having really a lot of experience, period, because I had just started. By that point, it was like only three years and I I don't have a lot of skill experience, but I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do. They have helped me grow as an artist. I also, outside of that, am also a solo artist. Um, I go by Strix. That's my counter or alter ego. And she's a demonic kind of bird that just kind of snatches souls and you know, whenever I go on stage, that's kind of like the presence I want to give. When I go and I'm hired out in those kind of events or as that artist, I usually just do aerial. I'm still kind of building my skill as far as other skills. I like fire dancing and, you know, doing things like that. So I really try to like keep it versatile. I would say a lot of it is um, strength, flexibility, it's good to have a good balance. Uh, you'll meet um, people that have either or. They'll say, I'm, I'm really strong like me. I'm very strong. That's something that I've like, I took pride in. I, I build my strength with basic conditioning. You know, I do some kind of HIIT workout or push-ups. Just kind of to maintain the upper body. But my flexibility is here or there. But that's something I try to focus on now. You know, as you're, you're learning from the very beginning, it's good to kind of take those stru- uh, structure classes. Like I started Aerial CLT downtown Charlotte here. They have a really good curriculum when it comes to like getting from not knowing a lot or not knowing anything to kind of like building your strength and flexibility very fast to get to that next level. So I, I definitely appreciate them for getting that basic training and, you know, solid foundation. You have to have that for longevity. If you muscle up, it's fine eventually, but like being able to know why, the why about it and understanding your body and things like that helps you to kind of say, okay, I need to focus on this to be able to do this skill. A lot of people look at Instagram, Facebook and stuff like that. And it does look easy. You know, we make it look easy, Um, but that's because we train hard. With the troop, I train three days a week and we are usually there for like three hours on like the two days in the week and on Saturdays we're there for five hours and we're training across the board. I usually train like my personal apparatus is Lyra, um, the aerial hoop, but I also cross train with other apparatuses with the aerial silks, the straps, and that helps you kind of target different muscles to, you know, just have a well-rounded training regimen. I, I ran track when I was younger. So like I have tight hips and I have to constantly focus on 
like working those hips open for, you know, pretty lines and like really nice splits in the air. You don't want to like do all this hard work of doing great things in the air and then maybe it just looks a little sloppy because you didn't like point your toe or you didn't you know have full extension it definitely isn't easy and you definitely have to continue to train with your grip you never want to lose that (laughs) your grip because you can hurt yourself i definitely have fallen out of it i've been hit in the head scrapes, bruises, all over, nicks and everything all over the body. But like, if you do fall, you got to get right back up and do the same thing again. Uh, Unless it was one of those falls that you were doing something that you haven't trained for, then don't do it again until you get proper training for it. That's always something that is stressed in aerial community and circus community. Um, You never really want to try something that you haven't physically been either taught or you know you definitely want to have the physical ability to do it know that you have the grip to do a switch or some kind of um, one-handed grip or something like that if you know you've never done it before maybe you know try it with a lower hoop or somebody there to spot you or whatever like because you don't want to hurt yourself it is something that can really injure you or get you like to the point where you're not able to do it again but like i just for whatever reason, I keep wanting to do it and um, wanting to do more and more challenging things. So it's just something that I love. I do love all other apparatuses and I will try just about anything that I can get my hand on in the air. But that one is for sure the, that's bay. I would say that's bay. <laughs> Since I'm in the very beginning of my career, I would say the stressful part about it is like an imposter syndrome, like not knowing if you're, if you're qualified to be in the spot that you're in. And like, especially, like I said, with my background or lack of background in a lot of ways, it really, and then you're put in a situation where you're in a room with people that have a lot of background and you're like, shoot, should I even be here? Should I even speak up? Let me just let you guys do your thing. That's kind of like something I always I battle with and I have go back and forth with it. Like I'm confident and then I'm like, ah, oh, can I even be here? I think a lot of artists go through that regardless of what level they are in their career, beginning, middle, or the highest point. And then just putting yourself out there, being able to put yourself out there, be rejected, because you're going to re- get rejection more than you get the yes. And you have to be okay with the rejection because the yes, when it comes, is going to be like, oh, yes, that's, that's finally here. But like the rejection is how you can pick yourself back up and like keep going. And then, of course, you know, we all think about our the money aspect. You want to continue to do your creative things and put your art out there. But you also want to be able to make money. So it's a balancing act. There was a situation that I was like, I want to be able to be accessible to my community, but I also want to be able to like, I don't want to like devalue my worth as an artist and what I'm, I'm bringing to the table. So, you know, it's those kind of internal thoughts that I like battle with sometimes. Here in the area that I'm in, I'm in Charlotte. I'm gonna say the arts aren't a big thing because it, uh, we have a beautiful art community here in Charlotte. 
or certain crafts may not necessarily be as valued as other crafts are. So it's kind of like, you know, when you say, okay, this is what I'm hiring myself out as, and then they say, oh, that's a little bit pricey for what you're doing. And it's like, but do you really know all the details that go behind what we do as aerialists or circus performers, you know, and things like that? It, we train, and then not only do we have to like we train, but we do have to like build a piece to like go with whatever event that we're going to be a part of. There's a lot that goes into the, the backbone of what you see when you are like sitting at a table and you're looking like, oh, they're so pretty. When you have that that kind of stigma around your craft, it's it's a lot that that goes around it, and you do have to budget your money. Make sure you're um, like asking, you know, people questions. I, I had opportunity to ask a couple of friends questions about, you know, how do you do your taxes or how are you like able to like just live from each gig to each gig and just, you know, just asking questions. You know, we want to ever go into this anything without planning or asking questions, asking the right questions to people that have that are doing it and succeeding. I grew up watching a lot of like PBS and um, things. So, you know, of course they had the, the Cirque du Soleil, you know, uh, specials and things like that, that they were show. And it, it, it was just always fascinating to me, but it definitely, I wouldn't say I always noticed that there was never a black person there, but it was like, it always stuck out to me when there was. Not having the exposure to see representation of it in the circus. Now it's opened up and there is a wide community. I'm part of an awesome um, Facebook group um, that I got to meet of so many amazing Black artists. Um, we're the Fly Black Aerialists. It's now a group of Black artists that are connected. It's growing and I feel like now we're starting to see that, hey, we're still the minority in the sense of representation, but it's not, it's growing. We're out there. And that's what I love to see. That's what I'm loving to see now that we're starting to be recognized that we're here and we can be at the same caliber and the same level as other artists that are out there. Not to get sad or anything like that. Um, I, I have a really good relationship with my brother. He lives out in Florida. So he, he really appreciates what I do. Um, as far as my parents and things like that, because I don't practice as a Jehovah's Witness anymore. I, I don't I have contact with him like that. Of course, we check on each other in the sense of like, you're physically okay, or you're not dead or dying or anything like that. But it's very distance, re distant relationships. So I think they're proud of me. I want to say they're proud of me um, because they know me as someone that has took years to figure out what she wanted to do, um, like really wanted to stick it with and do and like show the drive and ambition to do it and get it done they don't know that person they don't they don't know that side of me so i think it might be a shock that i'm going as far as i am with something that's as challenging growing up with adhd it took me a while to just focus on what i wanted to do i i, I want to say they're proud of me i'm going to put that out there they i feel like they are the type of parents that would be proud of me even if they don't necessarily verbalize it to me because I know that they love me but yeah that's just the situation so yeah I have adopted like my um my boyfriend's parents they have been awesome and they do love and are excited about all the stuff that I'm doing they support it very much as well so 
I do want to give them that, that shout out because they have been supporters of me from the very beginning. Even though it's not traditional income, they're like, we got you. You're doing good. At this point in time, I'm one of those living a moment um, type people, especially because I came to it so late. I'm already in my 30s. Circus performers, especially ones that are like, have been doing it for years, they usually start pretty young. They didn't start with circus. They may have started with acrobatics, gymnastics, or something along that lines. With me coming to it so late in age, I'm like, mm, I'm not going to worry that I'm going to age out because I feel like at 32, I'm the strongest and most able that I've ever been in my life. I feel physically more capable now than I ever have. So I try not to worry about it because I think sometimes when you think about it too much, it kind of manifests itself. So I'm like, no injuries. You know, if I do get slightly injured, I just let it rest. It's going to be fine. I'm not going to be like main for life. But I do have those moments where I'm like, I do some clumsy stuff. <laughs> I'm two left feet on the ground. So like the contrast of me in the air compared to the ground is crazy. I would be the person to injure myself doing some basic shit, like walking down the street and tripping over a rock and twisting my ankle or, you know, something basic like that. I wouldn't injure myself doing my actual craft. I don't really necessarily think about the longevity of like years down the road. I think about some crazy random shit happening. You definitely have to have a passion for pain. I'm just kidding. You do have to have um, have a passion to overcome difficulty, though. You do have to have that. I'm a competitor. I, I like to compete. I like to see somebody and I'm saying, okay, they can do that. I can do that. Let me try that. And then try to try to do it. And like, you know, if you don't do it, you're like, all right, well, you know, they trained hard. Let me train hard and see if I can do it again. You don't want to compare yourself to other artists. You always compare yourself. You just you work on internal, but use what you see around you to drive and motivate you to like do better. Just asking questions and being a hungry person and wanting to learn and continue to grow. Don't be stuck in, oh, well, I got to this level, so I'm good. No, you're always going to be growing you're always going to continue to train there's always a skill that you don't have always i won't say i will never have it no i will never have it all nobody ever has it all if you have that mindset and you work with that and don't let that discourage you and just be like okay i won't always have it all but i can try <laughs>